At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This is the Nightcap with Tim Murray and Super Bowl champion Sean King on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. In for Tim Murray, I'm Scott Seidenberg alongside Sean King. This is the Nightcap here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Joining us now, our very own Matt Humans. You listen to him and watch him every day, Monday through Friday on The Edge. And of course, read his stuff on vsin.com and in Point Spread Weekly. And Matt, there's only, I'm very upset tonight because uh, I had the <laughs> Dallas Mavericks plus six and a half. And there's only one thing that could turn this frown upside down. And that's if Will Zalatoris can close this thing out at the PGA. Because like I've told you before, I bet on him every single tournament until he wins. <laughs> this could be the one for us, Matt. Yeah, you and me both. <laughs> uh, by the way, uh, Scott, you've got big shoes to fill there in place of Tim Murray. And that's literal. I think he probably wears size 16 shoes. Yeah. And uh whoever would have guessed when Sean King, Super Bowl champion Sean King came to be saying that he was going to be a an expert hockey better, but that's the <laughs> truth. Uh, I didn't know that at the time. I think Sean King, uh, hopefully he followed us on Willie Z this week in the golf tournament. Cause you and I, Scott, have both been playing Willie Z until he wins. We had a frustrating loss when he dropped the playoff at the farmer's insurance opener, Tory Pines a few months ago. He's been close. He's trying to knock the door down. It's going to be hard. Somebody just sent me a text right before you called and said, good luck with Willie Z. And I said, thanks. We're going to need the luck because mm -hmm. I really think that, you know, he's played his a game 
I'm not going to say A-plus game, but it's been close to it the first two days. And the one knock against Will Zalatoris has been his putter. And his putter has been hot. Uh, maybe these greens at Southern Hills and Tulsa are to his liking because that's uh, been the case here the first two days. I, I think skeptics are going to say uh, Willie Z can't continue to putt like this the next two days. But I love the way he's hit, hitting the ball. Uh, his, his ball striking has been outstanding, which uh, you and I expect because he's one of the uh, top ball strikers on tour. I think he's the most talented player never to win a tournament, and he's going to win a tournament at some point. Uh, I jumped a little bit too soon. I bet him at 34 to one on the circa odds board. And he, I saw him as high as 44 to one before the tournament. So I'm not sure what price you got, but 41. I'm happy to be at what, what'd you get? 41. Yep. I'm happy to be in this position, obviously, but we're only at halftime of this golf tournament. So we have a long way to go. You know, what's interesting is the weather has played such a integral. Yes factor you know in these first two days like the the first day if you went off in the afternoon it was much better or in the morning and then today it was afternoon was better so what's the forecast for saturday and sunday is it still supposed to be hurricane type winds or or are we going to get like some some (laughs) calmness so guys can put some numbers up yeah you saw wind gusts around 30 miles an hour today i think the winds are going to be from what i hear somewhere around 20 25 maybe uh, the last weather report I said is going to be a little bit cooler. I That's what I heard. I don't know who's going to have the advantage with tomorrow's tea times. I'm not sure. But, yeah, if you look and try to, I guess, project who's going to uh, play better in the next two rounds based on who had the good breaks with the weather in the uh, the first two rounds, you could do that. Because I would say Tiger Woods, Rory McIlroy, Jordan Spieth, those guys who went out early on Thursday – and late today, we're on the good side of the draw with the weather. And that's what I think makes a thing like uh, a player like Justin Thomas dangerous. Because JT had the bad side of the weather draw each of the first two days. He shot 67-67. And you could argue that his 67 might be more impressive than a 65 put up by Will Zalatoris in the afternoon today. Uh, I think you could definitely argue that. So right now, uh, if you don't have a pre-tournament bet or you don't have anything on Justin Thomas, he's probably worth a look at Circus Sports post 370 on the adjusted odds board. And I'll tell you what, the big story of the first two days or the first day was Rory McIlroy. And he's been on the good side of the weather. But I still think that Rory's going to make a big run here, this first major win since 2014. He faded a little bit here on Friday, but his driving has been outstanding in it. He's got a big advantage with the driver. And most of these guys will play three really good rounds and one off round. Maybe Rory had his one off round today, and he's going to get hot on the weekend like he did at Augusta. Circuit right now has got Rory at plus 775, which is uh, probably worth a shot if you don't have anything on him at this point because – He's, he's not far back. He's only four strokes back, and he can make that up quickly. Um, I saw the score prop on Willie Z for tomorrow at circa at 69 and a half, Scott. Mm. And, uh, I mean, I would be happy if uh, Willie Z went out there tomorrow and shot a 67 or 68. Circa's obviously expecting him to uh, maybe shoot par tomorrow, which uh, was a little bit surprising to me. But check out those adjusted numbers and matchups and the props that Jeff Davis put up there at Circus Sports here in the last hour or so. Yeah, I think I'm going to take a piece on Rory because I like what you said there. Um, you know, I, I think he could be poised for a bounce back and look much like what we saw in round one. 
Talk to me about Tiger Woods, Matt. What did you notice from him? Congratulations on cashing Tiger to make the cut. Uh, was a little bit of a sweat, but it comes home as Tiger does make the cut. Now, I don't expect him to go on a run here uh, on Saturday and Sunday, but what did you notice about his first two rounds? Well, again, like we talked about, he was on the good side of the weather, so he took advantage of that, especially today. It was more than a little bit of a sweat, Scott. I had to towel off at the end of uh, the round. I had sweat <laughs> dripping off my forehead, my face. Uh, Tiger, the last seven holes today was outstanding, especially with the putter. He won putt uh, so many greens down the stretch when he had to save par or birdie. He was walking a tightrope on that cut line. He got the five over. You knew he had to get the four over. And he actually uh, got it to three, so that was real positive. I, I thought he executed his game plan much better, and he played nearly flawless golf after that double bogey early on the back nine. Uh, the one thing I noticed with Tiger is that uh, his right leg is obviously sore. It's you know it's bothering him. So it's similar to Augusta that he played really well on Thursday and Friday, and when uh, the physical uh, aspect started to take a toll over the weekend his performance declined. And I, you know, we might see that here too. Tiger was really optimistic in the way he talked after today's round. I like a lot of what he said. He's he obviously thinks like a winner, not a guy who's just trying to hang around for the weekend, but I believe it's unrealistic to expect Tiger to make a big move right now. He's 12 strokes behind Willie Z. I think for him to make the cut, that's his win this weekend. I, I think it's been a success for him here at the PGA to scuffle like he did in the first round and to battle back today and shoot a 69 when pretty much everyone had counted him out. I know that, you know, for people like me who bet Tiger to make the cut, we were not feeling very good last night after he put that 74 up. And uh, most guys who bet him to miss the cut were probably counting their money. Uh, it showed a lot that Tiger battled back today to shoot that 69, especially with that double on the back nine. And uh, who knows? Moving forward, I, I still say it's dumb money to bet Tiger on the futures board to win. But you can certainly bet Tiger to achieve uh, minor accomplishments, like to win a matchup against a player like Ricky Fowler or to make the cut. Those are certainly bettable options on Tiger Woods because he's going to go out to compete. I just don't think he's going to contend to win. Um, the next time you might consider him, I, I think, somewhat of a threat to be a top 10 or top 20 player is going to be at the British Open in a couple months when he's, he's got some more time to get that leg a little bit stronger. I have a question for both of you. Uh, Will sits there at nine under. When it's all said and done Sunday, what do you think it's going to take to win? Man, that's a great question. I'm going to let Scott answer that one first. I think 14. Um, if mm -hmm. that's, that's probably the target score that I'd aim for. Um, now, is Willie capable of doing that? Absolutely. Is Justin Thomas capable of doing that? Absolutely. But I think, I think if he shoots fourteen under, he should be safe to to win this tournament. Is that is that a good yeah, number, Matt? I think that's a pretty good number. In fact, that a lot of it's going to depend on how hard the wind blows mm -hmm. the next two days, and we don't really know that yet. But um, I would say if you get to fourteen under, you got to feel great about your chances of winning this tournament. Twelve under might even be enough to win it. But I would say fourteen under is probably. Like Scott said, the target score, that should be good enough. You know, a guy I also have a future on, and he's not going to win it, but uh, Shane Lowry, um, I'm, I might be interested in looking at a matchup bet for him. Uh, do you think that he can have a bounce back and, and shoot better here in the third round? I do. I was looking at Lowry a little bit. I've got a bet on him to finish top 20 
And uh, I'm not sure where he is right now. Maybe he's in the 30s somewhere. But, you know, still, he's not. He's he's, a, he's, tie, he's tied for 41. He's two over. Okay. So, uh, you know, he's not too far away from being right there in the top 20. And I think Lowry's played pretty well. He just hasn't scored um, probably like he's expected to. Uh, that, that's one player I would expect to play pretty good golf on the weekend because I think he's played a little bit better than his scores indicate. I was looking at a bunch of stats here, I was writing an update for vcin.com, and Lowry's kind of out of the picture, obviously, in terms of winning, but I was trying to figure out, can he still get in the top 20? I still think he can move, make a move up and finish in the top 20. Yeah, he's two strokes off being in the top 20, so yeah. uh, if he has a good third round, he could find himself in the top 20 going into Sunday, and then you're just yeah. hoping that he maintains, Matt. Uh, one final thing before we let you go, we got a minute left. Celtics, six and a half, you taking it? Uh, I would lay it if anything. Yeah. I actually think the, uh, I think the Celtics, I bet the Celtics, um, to win this series, I bet them plus plus one eighty to win the championship. I was a little bit too late on that. I wanted to wait and see if they drop game two, uh, in Miami. I was hoping for a better number, but obviously they rolled the heat in game two, which I think is going to be an, an indication of what we see going forward in this series. Boston's so good defensively and, uh, got too many offensive options. I, I like the Celtics to win this series in six, and I like the Celtics to win the finals no matter who they match up against. Great stuff, Matt. Appreciate the conversation. Great let's stuff, go, Matt. Willie. Let's go, Willie. All right, let's go, Willie Z. <laughs> See you guys. Thank you. Our very own Matt Newman. low tomorrow. <laughs> Senior editor of vcin.com. You read his stuff in Point Spread Weekly as well. I'm Scott Sadenberg. He's Sean King. It's the Nightcap here on vcin. This is the Nightcap on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of CityCasts designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. There are city casts in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, LA, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and Washington, D.C. Subscribe to your local city cast wherever you get your podcasts. Scott Sadenberg back here alongside Sean King. It's the nightcap here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Sean, we have a line out for Game 3 Warriors and Mavericks. I'll let you guess it right now. Game 3 uh, Warriors up two games to none. First game in Dallas. Mavs minus two. Mavericks minus one is the line. So you're on the you would be on Dallas then. If you think the line should be minus two and it's minus one, you, you're gonna oh, be yeah. on Dallas. Yeah, I was betting Dallas no matter what. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping they had Golden State favorites, so I get some plus money. Yeah, no, the money line is pretty much gonna be a, a, a an, an even split here somewhat. Uh you get minus yeah. uh about minus one ten, minus one fifteen pretty much on the money line is what you're gonna find. most likely minus 115. And and the way I'm going to play the game, Scott, I'm going to play Dallas first period, Dallas first half, and Dallas for the game. So it's going to be interesting. I'm, I'm curious to see when it's when it comes out, but you're going to have to pay a premium on Mavericks in the first half. Like, Mavericks are going to be minus one for the game. I wouldn't be surprised to see Dallas minus two for the first half because this is the situational spot 
that the books have caught on to that they will now make you pay a premium for, which is mm-hmm. the home team down 0-2 playing with desperation in game three. Normally in the past, it's been such a cash cow to just hammer that home team in game three that's down 0-2. Now the books have caught on. They're going to make you pay a premium for Mavericks in the first half. I would agree with that, but I just think the Mavericks are coming out. They're going to, you're going to see a really good basketball team on, on, on in game three, you know, in the Dallas uniform. So I'm, I'm going to back them all the way. You know, hopefully I'm right. Uh, but that's what I'll be playing. First period, first half, and game. Let's go, Mavs. Well, you saw them have a big lead here in um, the game uh, two. Game two. In game one, they were down, oh, were they down nine at the half? Uh, and then that one obviously got out of hand. But I understand how game one might have been a bad situational spot for them. Maybe this game two is more indicative of what we're going to see throughout the series. And you know what's crazy is... I, I said this last night on on the look ahead that this Golden State Warriors team is starting in some ways to look like the Golden State Warriors that we remember, the Warriors that went to, to five you know, straight finals. Not in the terms of this is the best team that's going to just just, you know, run through this, but in the aspect of those Warriors teams, the saying was, they're five minutes away from blowing out anybody yeah. because they are capable of going on runs. And so what they, we have seen in this postseason from this incarnation of the Warriors is very similar, Sean. They're five minutes away from blowing out everyone. And here in the third quarter and into the fourth quarter, it was just a good stretch of basketball. They went on the run, and the game was over. And one of the things I'll do uh, after the show tonight, Scott, is I'll go rewatch the third period. You know, because uh, I was sweating a baseball game, so I, I didn't even watch the third period. So I don't really know what happened. Was Dallas missing open shots? Mm. Was, you know, Golden State just, you know, so efficient and, you know, effective offensively that they couldn't do anything? So so I want to go dig a little deeper in, in, into what happened. And uh, I don't think it'll change my opinion. I still think this series is going seven. I still like Dallas, the whole court, whole serve at home in games three and four. But I, but from my own understanding and, and information database, I will go in and, and rewatch the third period. So at the start of the third quarter, uh, Jalen Brunson makes a three. It's a 15-point game at pretty much within 30 seconds there in the second half. And then from that moment on, it was 75-58. to 58. The Warriors then closed it and kept closing it. Luka missing some shots. Um, a couple of turnovers, and it quickly went to at the end of the quarter where it was a two-point game, 85-83. Warriors outscoring them 25-13 in that third quarter. Look, this is a Dallas Mavericks team that scored 32 points in the first quarter, 40 points in the second quarter, 32 points in the fourth quarter, and only 13 in the third quarter. You know what this kind of reminded me of? Heat What's Celtics. That? Heat Celtics game one. Yeah, yeah, very similar. It was just yeah. that third quarter. Miami, if you looked at the first, the the, the the three three other quarters in that Miami Heat game one win, I think Boston outscored them by 14. But the third quarter, the Heat dominated, and that was the game. Here, the Warriors 
well, they dominated the fourth quarter as well. It was really an entire second half. But winning the third quarter by 12 and erasing the deficit that you had at the half, that ultimately changed the game. It did. It did. Do you think there are any, in switching series, do you think there are any adjustments that Miami can make since that game is tomorrow? If you were Eric Spolstra and you had witnessed what happened in game one and game two, what would you do differently to hopefully change the tie back into your favor in game three? Uh, you need to get other people involved in the offense. Uh, Jimmy Butler is going to do what Jimmy Butler is going to do, and he's been great in this entire playoffs. Um, what was the difference in game one was that the Heat had seven players in double figures. And when Jimmy Butler's getting help, that the Heat are a very dangerous team. But when there's no second scorer, when Bam Adebayo's not getting double figures, when you know you, you have to rely on Max Struess to make a couple of threes or, or, or Gabe Vincent as great as he has been. And I'm not saying Kyle Lowry's the answer to all their problems, but they need, Jimmy needs help. Yeah. And, and if, if they don't get scoring outputs, and I don't think it has to be much, but if they don't get scoring outputs from other players, Jimmy can't win this series on his own. He can't win these games on his own. And what's crazy is like, you look at the game, um, the game one box score, Jimmy has 41 and, you know, you had 17 from Vincent, 18 from Tyler Hero. He, they didn't need much because Jimmy had a great game. But in game two, Jimmy goes out and scores 29. Yep. So the difference, and, and nobody else stepped up and elevated. So the difference is, if Jimmy doesn't score 41, you know, and no one else is stepping up, they're not even going to come close in this series. I mean, for Bam Adebayo to have only six points is is not going to help against against the, the Boston Celtics. Yeah, it's interesting. I think this is why, you know, having Smart and Horford on the defensive end are so important because Smart now can take on the challenge of playing Jimmy on defense the majority of the game. And when he does, you know, switch off to somebody else, Tatum and Brown can really give Max effort because they don't have to do this every time down the court. And I think what you saw in game one was Tatum was having to defend Jimmy a lot, and it wore him down on offense. So, you know, add Smart back to it, uh, NBA's uh, reigning defensive player of the year. And then Horford with his size, that's extra rim protection, extra length on the closeouts and the way he stretches the floor on the other end. You know, by being able to knock down the three and understand his basketball IQ pass to the proper guy. I just, I don't really know what Miami can do. I'm with you. I don't know that their others are up to it. But if, I guess we're going to find out tomorrow. If Kyle Lowry plays, it's it's going to help. It's going to help deepen the Miami Heat. Because then mm -hmm. Gabe Vincent then comes off the bench and he's part of this second unit. And it, it helps when you have your key guys off the floor to have somebody like that play with some of your reserves in those crucial minutes. Uh, and by crucial minutes, I mean the minutes in the second quarter when you're giving right. your guys rest in the third quarter before you head to the fourth quarter. So I think Kyle Lowry coming back helps out Miami tremendously. And, and if, if P.J. Tucker's playing as well, 
this could be the first time in in a while because Lowry's missed what seven of the last nine or, or six yeah, of the last nine, whatever. Quite it is. a few. This could be the first time in a while that we see Miami at full strength, and that's their best chance because if Miami not at full strength, they're not going to beat this Celtics team. I don't even think they're going to beat them at full strength. That's how good Boston has been. But if they have any chance in Game Three. They better hope Kyle Lowry comes back and it it makes the and PJ Tucker doesn't miss the game. I know he left the uh, game two with a little knee issue. They better hope that both those players are in and they are at full strength here against the Boston Celtics, who are also I'm 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 laying the six a and a half, strength. so I hope uh, PJ's oh, out. I, I would I would worry agree. about PJ stay in Miami. Miami is much nicer than Boston. I would agree laying the six and a half in game three. I might be intrigued though for Miami in game four, though. Down two games to one. That's what I might be intrigued by. He's Sean King. I'm Scott Sadenberg. In for Tim Murray. This is the Nightcap right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. This is the Nightcap on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Draft like no other, wine like no other. Play free during the PGA Tour with the Mayomi. Dare to play unrivaled golf series. Enter five free contests to take your shot at a share of $25,000 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Mayomi now to join the action. Mayomi, flavor forward, 21 and over only. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Please drink responsibly. Alongside Sean King, I'm Scott Seidenberg. It's the nightcap here on VSIN, the sports betting network. The over has come in automatically in the hockey game that is in progress right now. Calgary and Edmonton are tied at three, so the over six and a half is a guarantee. Congratulations to all those who cashed that. Uh, alternate total might be still live, right, Sean? You were you were on the alternate total uh, when it was a two nothing game. Yeah, and I'm looking at these these totals. Over nine and a half is plus one seventy seven right now. Over ten and a half is plus two seventy five. The Oilers to win in regulation is plus two twenty nine. Mm. Flames to win in regulation is plus one forty two. I mean, it's some juicy, yeah. juicy, juicy stuff out here right now. I'd go. What's the over nine and a half? Uh, plus one seventy seven. It's no way they don't go over that. You don't think I score four goals? Yeah, you don't think so? No, absolutely. Oh yeah, I think it will. I think think they they haven't played any defense up to this point. Why would they start now? Well, I think that what's going to happen is we're going to get. It's going to be a five-four lead Mm -hmm. with the empty net on. Absolutely. And then that's how you get the tenth goal. It'll be a six-four final. Matter of fact, let me go ahead and jump on that right quick. Let's talk for a second, big dog. How about? What's the Oilers puck line right now? Oilers. Well, stations is locked. It something must okay. have happened. Well, to stop it now, it's a fight, which is great. I yes. love it. Well, playoff is intense. This battle of Alberta right now, three three. The over is going to hit in every single one of these games. 
It's oh, just, yeah. it's unbelievable. It's whereas the under is going to hit in every Rangers Hurricanes game, the over is yeah. going to hit in every Oilers Flames game. Uh, right now, three three with about a minute left to go, less than that in the second period. As uh, yeah, tensions are, are high right now. Uh, speaking of the Rangers Hurricanes, I, I may be speaking with my heart here, Sean. Okay, but I think that rangers plus 550 to win the series right now no shot is a good bet it's a live bet i think they win i think they win both games at madison square garden and this breaking news scott seidenberg is on national tv and his heart is talking the first time a human has spoke (laughs) with his heart into the microphone (laughs) i truly believe i truly believe the rangers win both games at the garden really and this is a 2-2 series going back to Carolina. Now, look at the difference between these two teams. It is very, very close. In game one, the Rangers absolutely dominated the first two periods. And if it was not for Auntie Ranta, the, they would have been up 3 to nothing instead of only up 1 to nothing. And there was a, a one save in particular, a toe save on Philip Heedle on a one-timer that was, I mean, if Heedle just lifts the puck, just lift it, the Rangers are up 2-0 in the first period. But anyway, I digress. And Kappa, Kappa did miss a wide open yes. net that would have made it 2-0. Yep. And in overtime, the Rangers lose on a fluke play. It wasn't even a shot. It was, you know, Ian Cole throws the puck at the net. It goes I, off of Ryan Lindgren's stick and deflects yeah. past Igor Shesterkin. And then I here, still don't know how that how that puck got in the net. It's just that's it, <laughs> that's what happens. It was absolutely random. Uh and then here in this game, I mean, it's so closely contested. You know, power plays, Rangers had one more power play than than the Hurricanes and you you want to say the failure in this game is the Rangers not capitalizing on their power play when they've had such an elite power play all season long. Yeah, I'll buy that, but you know, the goal in the second period, and that's it. And then the the empty netter, I, I don't count empty netters, but, you know, Shesterkin did a great job of keeping the Rangers in it, and Carolina just proved to be just, we know how good they are. This is the best team in the Eastern Conference, right? They were the best home team in the NHL the entire season. Uh, them, well, well, them and the Florida Panthers, right? So, and the Panthers, I guess you could say, are the best team in the Eastern Conference, but, you know, Carolina fell off there at the end of the season, or else they would have been in contention with uh, Florida. Um, I just think the Rangers are closer to them than we think. I just wish the Rangers had one person on their first or second line on offense that I thought had some creativity on a consistent basis. And just, you know, not it didn't have to be as good as Connor McDavid or Austin Meadow, uh, Matthews or, 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 or you know, somebody like that. But eh, at least somebody. Like, I just feel like they're so stagnant on offense at times. Like, mm-hmm. they're looking to make the perfect play. Like, the creativity that that Sergev came up with on the pass that won the Lightning game, yeah, I just don't see the Rangers having enough of those guys, if any, you know. So that's what just it, 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 I'm trying to find a way for them to win four games, Scott. And well, I, I don't see it. It starts with winning the two games at Madison Square Garden. That's, that's where it starts. You got to win the two games at home. You win the two games at home. This becomes a completely different series. And then you, you know, you put the the, the hurricanes on their on their toes. Uh, and, and this is an interesting thought here. Ranta's looked great in the first mm-hmm. two games. He's actually he's he's been good in the playoffs. You know, against the Bruins, there was a couple of shaky moments, but 
What if Frederick Anderson's able to play later in this series? You go to him, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Now maybe that's the Rangers' opportunity. Look at Possibly. what happened. Look at what happened in Game Seven against Pittsburgh. Tristan mm-hmm. Jari's out for the entire start of the postseason. He doesn't even skate. It's kind of like the same situation that Frederick Anderson's in. And then he rushes back. And what do you do? You bench Domingue, obviously. The guy's a third-string journeyman goaltender. And you go to your number one, Tristan Jari. And the he Rangers great, by the way. And the Rangers ate him up. You didn't think Jari played good? I think he played well. I think the Rangers played better. <laughs> yeah. And I think that if the Rangers can win both games at home, this series goes to Carolina for game five. At that point, is there a possibility of Frederick Anderson coming back? And can the Rangers take advantage of a rusty goaltender in possibly game six or game seven? That's my thought process, maybe. Now I don't know if I mean, Anderson's it's gonna I don't know if Anderson's gonna come back at all. He he might not, yeah. but there's a window here for the Rangers. And and you know, Sean, the way that the market overreacts to one game, if the Rangers win game three, that plus five fifty goes bye bye. Yeah, I'll say this. No one's beaten Carolina in the playoffs so far at home. And the Rangers had a golden opportunity to do it in game one and blew it. Mm -hmm. So I just have a hard time seeing them being able to come back to Carolina and and win. That's the part of it that I'm trying to battle through is can they win a game there? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know. But 550 is worth a shot. Plus 550, that's what I'm saying. The game, the game yeah. three line right now is Hurricanes minus 115, Rangers minus 105. So it's 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 a coin flip at Madison Square Garden. Total of five and a half once again, which is what we've seen in games one and game two. So no adjustment. And uh, obviously th- these games have gone under in both games one and games two. Uh, the Panthers lightning, it's minus 110 both ways. So completely a coin flip there. Uh, in Game 3 with the Lightning having a two-games-to-none series lead. Uh, we got Game, um, what is it, Game 3, I guess, Colorado yeah. and St. Louis. Hold on, before you go from Lightning, yep. one of these games got to go over the total, right? There's no way these two <laughs> the teams play. The under's juiced right now, minus 120. And they, right, and they got a whole series that doesn't get over six and a half goals in the game. I mean, come on. I mean, what's really happening? I, I mean, it's... the Come on, it's, it's the best collection of offensive talent. Sure. You could probably almost ever find. I mean, I don't really know what's wrong with Florida right now, the Panthers. Well, and Tampa's... If the Angels just look at one more call third strike. I mean, if I could go to... <laughs> I so wish I was at the stadium. I'd have my... Man. Why take the bat to the plate if you're not going to use it? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, let me just say this. It's unbelievable, man. Um, what's going on right now? Tampa has won... What is it? Four straight games, right? And uh, yes. And Andre Vasilevsky in the last three games has made has faced 30, 60, 90, 100. He's faced 101 shots in the last three games, and he's only allowed three goals. Yeah, that's a, he's, he's the best in the business. I'm saying it's when the goalie gets hot, that's when the team goes on a run. I am not betting against the Tampa Bay Lightning right I am, now. I'm taking them. Minus 110 Vazilevsky on Sunday. I'll be all over is that. scorching hot right now. 
He is. He's Sean King. I'm Scott Seidenberg in for Tim Murray. We'll take a look at what we got going on this weekend. Coming up next, this is the Nightcap here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. This is the Nightcap on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. The VSIN Spring Special is here. For only $59, you get everything VSIN has to offer from now until the end of July. The next few months are going to be filled with the best betting content in the business right here at vcin.com, and subscribers will have access to all of it, including Adam Burke's daily MLB Best Bets, Jonathan Von Tobel's going to have Best Bets all the way through the NBA Finals, Andy McNeil will break down all the action on the ice all the way through the Stanley Cup playoffs. We'll have lots of NFL preseason coverage as well, not to mention continued Best Bets and premium articles covering golf, UFC, USFL, and NASCAR. So if you want the full VSIN experience, which features a daily best bets email, every edition of Point Spread Weekly, use of our betting tools and a live video stream whenever you want it. The cost is only $59 to be a subscriber through July 31st. Sign up now at vcin.com slash spring. Alongside Sean King, I'm Scott Seidenberg in for Tim Murray. It's the nightcap here on VSIN, the sports betting network. We got lots of things going on this weekend uh, in the NHL. It's going to be one game Avalanche and Blues from St. Louis, Colorado minus 170, now down to 160. Blues plus 140, and six and a half is the total. Sean, can I interest you in the Blues as a home dog? Absolutely. I love St. Louis in this spot. I mean, they're playing with house money. They got nothing to lose. It's all the pressure's on Colorado. You know, I think the Blues are going to be loose. They're going to play their game. You know, as long as Bennington keeps playing at the level he's playing at, I mean, you're getting plus 140 on a guy that's playing as good as any goalie in hockey right now. So, I mean, the crowd will be into it. Uh, I, I like laying, I like taking the 140 with uh, St. Louis. Yeah, I kind of like it as well. I think St. Louis is live in this series, um, and I think they will get the boost by playing at home in front of their crowd. Uh, they'll be singing Gloria, and uh, I think the Blues can steal this game. I don't know if they can win both of these games at home. It's going to be hard to beat Colorado three straight games or even two out of three, but um, I, I would expect Colorado to come out strong. I, You know, it's crazy. The first period unders have been so good, Sean, but the way that I think Colorado comes out after losing that game too, I don't hate playing the over in the first period. And I know that, that bucks the trend, but I think we can get a 1-1 or 2-0 start here in the first period in favor of Colorado. That that doesn't, I don't, I, I mean, I, St. Louis, I still, still think is live to win the game, especially if it's 1-1, but I think Colorado's going to come out on fire in the first period. Yeah, I wouldn't talk you off that bet, but I also think that uh, St. Louis knows that. Yeah. So I can see them being a little more conservative in the first period. Let's go ahead and let Colorado shoot that energy. Sure, sure. And, you know, let, let's kind of sort of like they won game two. Because Colorado came out, I mean, I thought, okay, they're going to win. They're going by multiple goals the way they came out. Mm -hmm. And, you know, St. Louis kind of just stood their ground, 
you know, took opportunities when they got them, you know, stayed defensively sound. And, you know, once that first wave of energy wore off, you know, then they start implementing their offensive plan. So they got to feel confident in, in their approach and in the schematic, you know, way they're attacking Colorado. It's obviously working. Yeah. I mean, it's preventing Colorado from being a high scoring team, which they have been all season. And like we said earlier, man, does that, uh, the neck starts to get a little tight if Colorado yeah. loses game three, knowing the, uh, the the difficulties they've had in the second round with second round exits each of the last three seasons, including last season when they were the President's Trophy winners. Uh, NBA game three in Boston, Eastern Conference Finals, Heat and Celtics. I'm comfortable laying the six and a half with Boston. They've been the better team. Uh, I, I think the market was correct on them being the better team. I regret not buying in on them after they lost game one. It just seemed too obvious. But, Sean, I'm comfortable laying the six and a half here with the Boston Celtics. I am as well. Um, I just think they got too much. I think they match up well. And I've said this, you know, multiple times, you know, on this show. I think the Miami Heat are built like a great regular season team. Hmm. Their success in the regular season was because they played seven, eight guys. You know, everybody kind of had a role. They played with high energy when a majority of the league, you know, takes nights off. You know, their consistency at doing things the right way. But in the playoffs, it's about high-end players playing at a high-end level. Mm. And the only high-end player I really think they have is Jimmy Butler, especially on the offensive end. And I just think they ran into a team – that's too good for them, too talented, too young, and too much philosophically just like them. It's a, it's a good point because in the regular season, depth is a strength. Mm-hmm. In the postseason, the teams that are more top-heavy tend to be the ones that went out because your starters, your star players, are playing all of the minutes. So your depth isn't to your advantage in the postseason like it is in the regular season. So the fact that Miami is the deeper team doesn't help them here in this series. Uh, total is 207 and a half, Sean. Any interest in the total? We saw game one be an over. We saw game two be an <laughs> over. What about game three? Oh, man. I don't have a good feel for the totals in this series. Okay. I mean, the fact that they didn't move it yeah. makes me think that they think it's right. Mm. I, I probably would have taken the over if they would have bumped it up to 209 or 210. But the fact that they kept it at 207, if you made me, I'd probably play the under. I guess the theory is with the series tied at one game apiece, how pivotal this game is, right? That mm-hmm. both teams will make a more concerted effort on defense and this game will be tighter because of the importance of it, right? You know, I mean, we can go through the, the stats. I'm sure that they're going to show you on the broadcast. You know, teams that are tied 1-1 that win game three go on to win the series <laughs> X amount of times. Uh, Major League Baseball tomorrow. We got some early games. Uh, we got a 1 o'clock start in the Bronx. Yankees, White Sox, Nestor Cortez, Dallas Keuchel. Yankees minus 220. I'm going to look at the Yankees in the first five, Sean. Uh, play them on the first five run line. Dallas Keuchel. I think it was the only start this season he did not give up runs was the start that he faced the Yankees last weekend. And yeah, that'll change. The, the Yankees are very good when facing a guy like multiple times. So I think they'll get to him this time. 
And uh, Nestor Cortez, you want to talk about a Cy Young candidate? The guy's been one yeah. of the best pitchers in Major League Baseball this season. It's just he's on a team where Garrett Cole gets all the attention and yeah. then the bats. Mm-hmm. You know, they're so high profile. And uh, I think it's Jordan Montgomery's having a good year there, too. So the I entire mean, pitching look- staff is having a great yeah. year. Yeah. The Yankees like the well. real deal. Yeah. They just got to figure out that back end. Because I, uh, I might every, cons- t- yeah. every time that uh, Chapman comes in. Chapman mm-hmm. comes in, man. It's never smooth. <laughs> I would listen. I think Clay Holmes should be the closer, and this guy is lights out. And um, I think the off day actually helps the Yankees bullpen, so they could kind of bring back their best arms, whether it's Michael King or Clay Holmes or uh, Chad Green. So all the arms should be available for the Yankees here to start this series. So two twenty is a very high price, but I do think the Yankees get the win. I might look to attack Dallas Keuchel here and go with the first five run line for the Yankees because I don't like playing run lines with home teams because you're not guaranteed that ninth inning at bat. So I think playing on the run line in the first five might be the way to go. Uh, Diamondbacks, Cubs. Cubs are favored over the D-backs. Madison Bumgarner, Justin Steele. Justin Steele's advanced numbers, way better than his actual numbers. I wouldn't be surprised if the Cubs win this game, although Arizona is Really hot right now. What's and, the wind doing? Yeah, I got to check. I'll check that in just a second. Um, hold on. I'll tell you right now. The wind tomorrow at Wrigley is, come on, page will load, page will load. While this page loads for May 21st, I can tell you that your Reds, Sean, are taking on the Blue Jays. Hunter Green against Alec Manoa. The last time we saw Hunter Green was in that combined no-hitter in which they lost lost. the game. By the way, Cubs and Diamondbacks, for game time, the wind is blowing in. And it's not strong, though. It's like seven, eight miles per hour. I like the Cubs, though. I think any time a team, a light-hitting team like the Diamondbacks, has a success hitting the long ball they had yesterday, I see a Mm -hmm. lot of strikeouts and and pop flies, you know, thinking that they got power now. So I... I don't normally like the Cubs as a favorite, but I wouldn't mind taking the Cubs tomorrow. Real quick, give me uh, your final picks here for the Preakness Stakes. Uh, Secret Oath and Creative Minister on top and Skippy Long Stocking as my long shot play. It's just a fun name to say. I, I, know, I can't right? wait to hear Larry Comas going. And here comes Skippy Long Stockings oh, on the rail. I hope he's saying it tomorrow. Trust me. I hope he's saying it. <laughs> Skippy Long hey, great Stockings. Great job, man. Filling in for Tim, man. We appreciate yeah. you batting uh, clean up for us tonight. <laughs> Thank you very much. He's Sean King. Always the best. I'm Scott Seidenberg in for Tim Murray. Of course, we got the Preakness Stakes coming up here tomorrow and more NBA conference finals games, Stanley Cup playoffs. It's what a great time it is right now in the sports calendar. Follow Sean on Twitter at RealSeanKing. Hit me up at Scott's On Air. This is the Nightcap here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.